talking about um, a book, Beyond Salvation, that Prophetess Kay has written. And uh, it's a wonderful book. You ha will have the opportunity sometime um, once we finish um, you know, our conversation to purchase the book. But I'm going to tell you, we're going to get into some topics today. We're going to get into three topics. But before we do that, I'm going to go ahead and pray. And we're going to start and enjoy ourselves. All right. Mm -hmm. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Lord. We just give you glory and honor, Father God, for this day. We thank you, Father God, for each and every man, woman, and child, Father God, that will uh, be a part of this broadcast, who will at some point in the future be able to look at this broadcast. We thank you, Father God, for salvation, your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for the blood that he shed. And Father God, we're asking that you would be glorified, that you would be lifted up, that you, Father God, would draw all men unto you. We're thanking you, Father God, for all that you have done for us. We thank you, Father God, for the blessings and grace and mercy that you have bestowed upon us. And we ask that this morning or this afternoon or this evening, depending on where you are, that you receive the word of God in its fullness. And that wherever you are in your life journey, that God will bring forth new understanding, new knowledge, new wisdom. We're asking that if you don't know Christ, that this conversation will open your heart to seek him out and to give, his, give your life to him because he gave his life for you. So, Father God, without further ado, we just ask that you would be with us, that you would be present, that you would have your way in this conversation, that you would have your way over the airwaves, that you would have your way, Father God, in every household, in every heart, in every mind. We just ask these things in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. So, real quick, I'm going to just kind of briefly, uh, we're going to talk about uh, three topics this morning. Um, the first one is basically uh, why Prophetess K wrote the book. Uh, the second will be why I have been so touched by the book. And the third will be who the audience of this book is reaching out to or who we are uh, talking to those who will benefit the most from what Kay has written in this book and uh, who will start to see Christ and salvation and eternity in a different way. So before we really get started, uh, Kay, is there anything that you would like to say? Well, first of all, I want to say thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Um, I'm grateful to God for giving us this platform, um, but I'm grateful to you, or and I am grateful to you, because it's your response to the book that prompted um, this whole thing. I, um, wow, I'm humbled when you say, we're having this conversation because of the book, but I want people to know that it's because you see the value you see the value in the book. You see the treasure that it is to the body of Christ. And, you know, there's something about when you do something and somebody else gets it. 
it's like every ounce of intentionality that you poured into a project, the person on the other side gets it. And it's like, yes, yes. And this is the picture I have of um, James 117, where it says, God is the father of every good gift and every perfect gift. You know, God, he only gives good gifts. And that perfect gift is the gift that does exactly what it's supposed to do according to what God intended it to do. And so just your response to this book was God showing me the perfect gift. This was a perfect gift because you received, you, you tapped into every ounce of intentionality that went into the writing of this book. And I feel like I got a well done from God. So I am, I am blessed. <laughs> I am blessed because of that. Um, Praise God. The reason, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, the reason I wrote the book, so I'm going to share a little bit of testimony with this. Please. I have grown up in the word of God. I love the word of God. And when people ask me, did you grow up in church? I say, no, I grew up in the word of God. That's just, I just love the word of God. Amen. And so it really wasn't a hassle for me to spend time with God. It wasn't a hassle to spend time in his word. It wasn't hard for me to hear from God. And it really got to the point, I thought it was natural for everybody. I, it wasn't until I was out to lunch with a friend one day, and she was a Jehovah's Witness. And God just put us together, and we began to fellowship, and we would go out, and I would get to share the word with her, or, or just spend time. And, and get this, you guys, we don't have to like have it on our mind to convert everybody that we come across, right? She was a Jehovah's Witness, and I'm whatever you want to call it. Okay, a Christian, I, I don't know how to do that. But anyway, so we're just out having lunch, having a good time, and just talking. And here is my normal conversation. Yeah, God told me such and such and such and such. And then he said, da-da-da-da-da. And it's like she reached out, <laughs> and she put her hand on top of mine, and she leaned in real close, and she said, you do realize everybody doesn't hear from God like you do. I was like, what? I was like, they don't? She says, no, they, they really don't. I was like, oh. So all these things that came natural when it came to memorizing scripture, I didn't put a lot of effort into memorizing scripture. It just, you know, it just came with God just blessed me that way. I realized it's a grace. Um, he, he gave that to me. So now all these years of walking with the Lord, now we roll up on 2011, 2012, where God introduces me to um, a new stream within the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And this stream is called the word of faith. This is where I learned when I give my offering that it's not just money that I'm putting in a plate, but it is seed that I am sowing. And I should name my seed, just like if I wanted to plant corn, I would go to the store and get corn seed and expect corn to come up. Well, when I sow my seed, I name it what I want it to be and expect it to come up based on the word of God. This is where I learned how when I pray, that's when I believe that I receive it right then at that moment, not after it appears, but in that moment, when I pray, I believe that I receive it and, and stay steady on that word until the manifestation appears. The manifestation, um, it's not me waiting for the manifestation to appear to realize that I already have it. So these are things that I'm learning. 
Now, during this time, it started around 2011, and this book was published in 2016. So I believe I started writing it in 2015. So let's say 2011 to 2015, I'm, I'm immersing myself in this stream within the body of Christ, learning how to receive answers to my prayers, learning how to see harvest on seed that I've sown, learning how to get results when I talk to God on purpose, not hit or miss, this kind of thing. And what did God do for me during that time? He, remember I talked about scripture memorization and loving the word and spending time, all of that. He gave me two scriptures, two scriptures to meditate on for an entire year. And outside of two scriptures, it's like I remembered nothing. I could not quote a scripture. I could not tell you where it was without picking up my phone and looking it up. I just knew enough words to string together to find the scripture. It was like I had scriptural amnesia and it, it scared me. <laughs> it's going like, Lord, what, what's happening? But what the Lord was showing me, he says, um, I want you to read the Bible as if you have never read it before. I want you to understand the Bible in a way that you have never understood it before. What you understand is good and it has brought you to this point, but there are new levels that I want to take you to. And you can't rely on old manna. Mm. You need fresh manna. And then not only that, you know, we know about the old wine skin can't hold new wine. He was giving me a new wine skin. Why? So that not only would I believe his word and receive his word, but I could work his word. I could become a masterful handler of his word to get his word to do exactly what it's supposed to do in my life. And there were some, and I'm grateful because there wasn't a whole lot, but there were some religious things that I had to let go of. There were some religious things that I had to unlearn. There were some religious things that had brought me this far, but because of the heart that I had for God, you know, I was open when he said, there's more, there's more, there's more. And so there are some things that even though I had learned them this way, God's showing almost like what um, Paul said, in um, at the end of first corinthians chapter 12 let me show you a more excellent way let me take you to another level let me and so that is what he has done and he brought teachers into my life such as kenneth and gloria copeland george and terry pearsons um creflo dollar andrew walmack bill winston keith moore all of these people in the stream of the word of faith and um i'm gonna make it short but this <laughs> this is what happened <laughs> So I, I had known about Kenneth Copeland for years. He'd been on TV for years, right? But I had never really watched him. And now I'm getting introduced to his ministry. But honestly, it was way up here. I couldn't quite grasp it. I couldn't, you know, and I'm like, Lord, help me, Lord, help me. And what happened was Creflo Dollar was preaching the same thing Kenneth Copeland was preaching. But it was on a level that I could understand. It was on a level that I could grasp. So it's like I said, when I came into this word of faith thing, God really rooted me into Kenneth Copeland Ministries. But with Kenneth Copeland Ministries, I got a whole family. So I got Daddy Creflo, Granddaddy Copeland, Uncle Keith Moore, Uncle Bill, Uncle Walmart. I got this whole family who just 
poured into me, poured into me, poured into me. Had I met these people personally at this time? No, but I sat under their teachings, through the broadcasts, through their books, through um, Karis Bible College with Andrew Womack. I sewed into their ministry. I sent my, my, I put my money where my mouth was. I put, I sewed into their ministries to receive the impartation of the anointing that was on their life, to activate this word that I was learning from them, to bless them because they were sowing spiritual seed into me. And as I sat under these ministries and I sewed into these ministries, I began to receive revelation. And out of that revelation came beyond salvation, which in a very real way, and I'm getting tears in my eyes, which in a very real way is a tribute to all of those spiritual teachers who poured into me. And it's, it's very thin, but I had, I, um, sold one to my neighbor and he says you know if you read it right it'll take you a good six months to read this little thin book and he's right it's written it's designed to be as light a read or as deep a study as you want it to be it's a light read in that it's written with simplicity it's written with clarity it's written in the way just um, anybody can understand but then it can be as deep a study as you want to, because there are some scriptures that I mentioned in the book, but there are lots of footnotes that will lead you to other resources to help you study that point out uh, more in depth. So you can go as deep as you want to go. But this book was written as a tribute to everything that I learned from them. And not only that I learned from them and that, okay, I sat under them and got it, but it's active in my life. Mm -hmm. it's it's manifested in my life how do you know because when friends and loved ones begin to turn their backs on you and say mm -mm, no we can't go with you right there you know that's when you know god's taking you somewhere he's taking you to another level um my my nephew he was eight years old at the time bless his heart and he came to me he said auntie k granddaddy said you don't think like the rest of us <laughs> And I said, you're right, sweetheart, Auntie K doesn't. Auntie K has the mind of Christ. I, there had been a renewal, a mind renewal that had taken place because these principles work and they manifest my life. And so I just thank God for it. And this is how Beyond Salvation came to be. Well, praise the Lord. Uh, you know, as you were talking, um, there were a few things that stood out to me. Um, first, you talked about seed, uh, about faith. And um, as you began to, as the Lord introduced you to this new stream of understanding, you started out in religion or having a religious mindset. But when the Lord started to switch things over, when he wanted to change the wine skin and start pouring in the new wine to give you a better understanding, a deeper revelation of who he is. Because in all honesty, religion is what we do. It's not who we are. And that's what you were saying. God was removing you from, uh, I think it's in Galatians, Galatians 4, uh, where Paul talks about that we are no longer uh, there, we're no longer under um, tutors and teachers, mm -hmm. but now we've come to be mature. 
and walk as the hare. <laughs> at, at first we start as a slave, uh, we're the hare of the house, but we still have to undergo certain rules and regulations just as a slave does. And it's not until we begin to mature and come to an understanding of who we are and who we belong to that God starts to move us out and give us responsibility, starts to give us understanding of the things that he is trying to do in the earth. And so that's what, when you were talking, that's what I got. No longer were you a child that, that needed to be led along. You, you understand? No longer did you have religion to um, keep you bound or stayed uh, set in one uh, one place. God opened up the floodgates for you. He allowed you to be ministered to by those who could take you to the next level. And when you got to that, mm -hmm, when you got to that, when you got to that place, you were willing and open to receive what they were giving you. They were giving you the kingdom. Amen. They literally was giving you the kingdom. They would give you the keys to the kingdom. They were showing you that now, see, uh, you know, just like any child, uh, they have rules and regulations. You can't stay out this late. You can't do this. But at a certain age, now you are ready for responsibility. I can give you the keys. And so you started talking about, um, started sowing seed and you, you started, uh, when you started sowing seed, which is uh, putting your money where your, where your faith is, you would name it you would name that fate what that seed what you wanted it to produce uh just like a farmer would go to the store and get uh corn or peas or cabbage or whatever uh depending on what type of plants you want to adorn your house or the front your, you know the, have that perfect curb appeal right <laughs> you get tulips you get sunflower this and these are the things that you began to sell and you began to believe god for he began to believe God. This is that faith. This is that believing. This is coming out of the tutelage of religion, uh, believing that, uh, you know, now that you're sitting in, it's like school, uh, being in a schoolhouse. You will get the teaching that you need to understand who God is, but there's a place where you have to start to step out and actuate that. You have to put it to practice. And that's what you said. You began to put that into practice. And one of the things that came forth, the fruit, I'm getting excited. The fruit that was produced was this book. Yeah. This book. Now, yeah. some of some of you who are looking or listening to us, you may think, well, salvation, uh, you know. Okay, aren't we past that? You know, let's get into the media things. Let's get into, you know, the, the five-fold ministry. Let's get into, you know, um, uh, hit making a mark in the world and setting things uh you know the, turning the world upside down and moving in our ministry and in our calling and stuff like that but the truth of the matter is you can't even do that unless you have a good foundation you can't do any of that until you understand who you are you can't do that unless you understand what salvation is and that you can go beyond salvation where that is eternity here on earth you have to know what you have because God says that Jesus says that your fruit will remain when you are connected to him. Your fruit will remain. And that's what we're looking for. 
last uh, last month when we were together, um, Prophetess Kay said something that stuck with me. And ever since then, I have just been, uh, it's almost like every time I, it's just that word that comes up. Uh, is that, is, you know, sometimes there's a word or a phrase or something that is said that just ignites you, that begins to, that leaps in your belly. And she stated, she made the statement that the relationship that Jesus has with the Father, he wants you to have. That's, no matter what else we say, no matter what else is spoken, no matter what you get out of this, you need to hold on to that. That Jesus wants you to have the relationship that he has with the father. You cannot get to the father unless you go through Jesus because Jesus is the word of God. The word became flesh and the word was with God. Jesus is the word. You have to be in the word. You have to know the word. You have to know Jesus. You have to be intimate with the word. You have to be intimate with Jesus. Why? Because it will show you the character of the father. It will bring you closer. It will bring you at the feet of the father. It will bring you into that relationship with your creator, the one who knows you, the one who's created you, the one who set you apart, the one who knows you by name, the one who's counted every hair in your head, the one who created you in your mother's womb, the one who has predestined you from the foundations of the earth, that father, that one true and living God who created all of heaven and earth. And so when, when the question arise, what did I see in this book or why uh, did I reach out to Catherine regarding her book? It was because, yes, it's, I mean, it's not like I didn't know what salvation was or I didn't have a relationship with the Father. It was because this was a tool that would help those who were unsatisfied or could not see their potential, for those who could not reach for the next step, they didn't know where to reach. See, salvation is is a key thing and it is it is essential to where you are going because the truth of the matter is eternity starts when you receive christ we are given the guarantee which is the holy spirit he is eternal he lives in us we access everything that is in and eternity where god is where jesus is where he sits at the right hand of the father here on earth now but if you don't recognize that if you don't understand that there is a difference between uh, religion and relationship then when you read the word of God you will read it as any piece of literature you will read it for head knowledge and you will not receive the revelation that you need of the one who loves you the one who's calling you the one who's drawing you with loving kindness that you would be able to have a relationship with him Prophetess Kay said something else. She said when she sat down and she was speaking with her, her friend who was a Jehovah Witness, which didn't have any, uh, you know, consequences here or there, but she was simply speaking 
out of her relationship with Christ and how she normally speaks. You know, I was doing this and, you know, the Lord told me to do this. So I went and did this. And, you know, uh, when I began doing that, the Lord had to show me that, okay, that was enough. And now you need to move. And she said her girlfriend put her hands on her, put her hand on top of her hand, leaned in and said, you know that everyone does not hear God like you. What she was saying in that sense was that there are those who go to church every Sunday who go to Bible study every Wednesday, Thursday or Tuesday, whenever that is, who meet for prayer at the end of the month, who volunteer at the church, who do all these things, sing in the choir and everything else, but they don't have a relationship with Christ. They can't hear God. And so when they get into a situation in life, what happens is they go run to the pastor or the, the prayer leader or someone else before they run to God. They don't think to say, Lord, I don't know what's going on. I need you to explain to me where, uh, what I need to do in this hour, why things are happening the way that they are, or where do I move next? Or Lord, I'm not satisfied where I'm at. Or Lord, something was said that hurt me. Why does that? That's the relationship. That's the relationship. And then when you do go to church on Sunday and Bible study on Wednesday and you go to prayer, you begin to get a panoramic, panoramic view. God begins to open things up because the man or woman of God is speaking and giving you more revelation because you've, that's what God does. He uses people. That's why we're here. That's why we do what we do. That's why we're talking to you about salvation because it's not a small thing. It's not something that you did in the beginning and now you just left it behind. This is something that you continue to live out and to walk out because eternity beyond salvation is beyond what we believe it to be. This one time of confessing Jesus Christ is our Lord. And this is why this book is so important because in every page, she literally has, um, the Holy Spirit has given her uh, a platform or she got, Holy Spirit has given her the words and the keys to help expand. Like she said, it can be a short read or it can be a study, a life study book. And that's what this is. That's what this is. Sometimes you can't get past a certain page. Why? Because Holy Spirit wants to engage you. And he wants to bring you to a place beyond where you are today. But this is why this book stood out to me because Holy Spirit was all through it. She, there's so many things that she had um, touched on. She touched on uh, uh, salvation and religion. She touched on hell. Why do people go to hell? And she touched on what is salvation. And she did not shy away from hell because there is such a place, but she made it simple to understand. And then she gave examples for it. I promise you, you will not be offended if you are really seeking Christ and you're really seeking to understand what this salvation is that Jesus has given us and how once you receive that salvation, how to make him Lord of your life. That's the bottom line here. Salvation, redefining your understanding of eternity as you know it. This is what we're doing. But she has um, literally packed a fountain of life in this little book. 
Holy Spirit has given her and those who have poured into her, this is the fruit that she has borne. And so I'm going to always celebrate, which is what I do. I celebrate people. I celebrate anything that has to do with Christ and our relationship with him, because I know where I come from. I know where, um, where I want to go. I know where God is um, leading me. And I understand that we can't get to those places, nor can we begin to do anything of any lasting, uh, 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 lasting fruit if we're not connected to Christ and we don't understand our salvation. We don't understand that we have blessings here on earth. Kay, is there something you wanted to say? Yes. Um, I, want to, I want to share a couple of comments that people have made who've read this book because I want you all to understand True and I are not here to, um, to sell this book and we're not here to preach you into heaven or to fuss you into heaven or anything like that. We're here because we want to give you access to the things of God. This book was written to take the work out of salvation because lots of times that's what it is. I have to pray long enough. I have to read enough chapters. I have to volunteer at church so many hours. I have, oh, I can't go over my, my uh, quota of curse words for the day. Come on, people. You know, it's like, <laughs> that was a joke because, so anyway. Um, but it's like, you know, it's, it's a perform. A lot of people have this performance-based mentality when it comes to salvation. So to share this comment that was written by someone who is seeking. And when I say she's seeking, Buddha, um, uh, Confucius, Jesus, all this, and kind of doing a comparative study almost. But... Um, when she met me, we worked together for about a year. We worked together and she really, she was like, you make sense when you talk, this kind of thing. And she um, got a book and this is her comment she made. She said, totally written for people like me. Beyond Salvation is making me realize that I can start from, wait a minute, wait, 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 sorry. There we go. Totally written for people like me. Beyond salvation is making me realize that I can start somewhere and that I don't have to focus on religion, just on God's love. It takes all the everything out of it and focuses on God's love so clearly that she was able to isolate that as she was reading the book. And another comment, um, she says, beyond salvation can... Okay, we'll take inventory of your present position. You will okay. be guided and yes. okay. Can you repeat yes. that because your your screen froze and we weren't able to hear you. Oh, you can, can you see my screen? No. Oh no. no. Okay. It froze, and so I we didn't hear what you said. I'm sorry. Can you read that one more time? Sure. Sure. She says. As a believer, well, she said, beyond salvation came at the right time for me. As a believer, we complicate things way too much. Friends, it doesn't have to be this way. God's word is true, simple, 
and life-changing. Beyond Salvation will take you on a journey. You will take inventory of your present position. You will be guided into all truth. You will be moved to take action, but most of all, you'll see the love of God in every page. She really captured how this book makes you accountable. This book will take you on a journey if you want to go. You will take inventory of your present position. What is it that I'm believing? What is it that I'm, well, what, well yeah, I want some of that. So what changes do I need to make or what do I need to let in so I can, you do that. And um, you will be guided into all truth. Whether you receive, whether you choose to receive it or not is on you. Yeah. But, he says, yeah. but she says, most of all, you will see the love of God on every page. And so this is um, true. I believe this leads us into our next topic on who this book is designed for. Yes. Because as wonderful as it is, and I'm not saying that to brag on me, I'm saying because it's about the good news of Jesus Christ. As wonderful as it is, it's not for everybody. There's a section in the book, and um, I said who this book is for. It's for saved people who might have been in church and ministry for years and years and years. It's for saved people who may have just come into the kingdom. It's for unsaved people, people who have not yet made Jesus Lord of their lives. It's for both. It's for um, believers, people who actually believe that the Bible is true and believe the promises of God and receive them for themselves. And it's for unbelievers, whether they happen to be saved or not. Because, you know, there are lots of saved people who don't take the Bible at its word, who don't take God at its word. So even though they're Christians by name, they don't believe. So still they're unbelievers. I've heard them referred to as unbelieving believers. Um, so this book is for saved and unsaved alike. It's for believers and unbelievers alike. But it's not for disbelievers disbelievers are people who stick their feet in the mud they're, they're not going anywhere i refuse to believe there's nothing you can say to me to make me believe i don't want to believe think about pharaoh who would not let god's people go that kind of unbelief because you know there are atheists who all of a sudden find themselves believing in god plenty of famous authors and their names don't come to me right now but you know they've written books like the case for christ they've they've written books that this is why i'm a christian now because i wasn't and i didn't believe and i was an atheist but after i did all my research and after i tried every way i knew to disprove god i just couldn't do it so they came to believe so this book is even written for people like that but it is not written for people who have absolutely in their heart decided don't believe, then they can't receive the truths that are in here. They can't receive the truths that are in God's word and they won't receive Jesus. And Jesus is the only way to get to the father. 
Jesus is the only way into heaven, you know, and people are like, no, there are many ways to get into heaven. There are many ways to get into heaven. Well, I will give you this. There are many ways to get to Jesus. You can get to Jesus through a trauma in your life. You can get to Jesus because you know this is your last chance. You can get to Jesus just because you have a tender heart and you received you received him when he called you. You can. There are so many ways. I know people who received Jesus in a gay church. I. There are so many ways to get to Jesus. But once you get to Jesus, he's the only way in. He's the only way. So lots of ways to get to Jesus. But once you get to Jesus, he's the only way into heaven. He's the only way into relationship with Father God. He's the only way into the kingdom of God. Amen. And the word of God tells us that no one can come into the Father unless he draws them. And again, the reason why Jesus is the only way is because Jesus is the only one who knows the Father. Nobody else has a person. He came from him. He was born of him. That's his father. And so he's the only one that knows the way to the father. So I, uh, I, I definitely, I'm sorry, go ahead. It keeps coming up. And right when you said that, it came up again. Um, Jesus, yes, he's the only one who knows the father. And you mentioned the comment I made last time that the same relationship Jesus had with the father is the same relationship he came to give us with the father. So let me read these scriptures. Okay, we'll go back to our foundational scripture. Um, if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 17. But I'll quote the first scripture, which is John chapter 3, verse 16. And it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And so now we pick it up in John chapter 17. I'll start at verse three. Jesus defines everlasting life because a lot of time, a lot of people think everlasting life is I get to go live with God in heaven forever. But they don't understand the real meaning of everlasting life. Therefore, they don't live everlasting life here on the earth. So here's Jesus defining everlasting life in John chapter 17, verse 3, he says, And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Eternal life is knowing God, knowing God's heart, knowing God's character, knowing God's plan, knowing God's heart for you, knowing who you are because he created you in his image and likeness. And when you know who you are, just like Pastor True was saying in the beginning, when you know who you are, you know what you have, you can be who you're intended to be. We can live out God's purposes for us. Salvation and being a Christian, being a saint, being a believer, being all of this doesn't mean we're this holier than thou, righteous people who never make a mistake, have to live this perfect life. No, we are, as a matter of fact, these people who, yes, we make mistakes. Yes, we have flaws, but 
We were created in the image and likeness of our Father. And because we have eternal life, we get to know Him. Therefore, we get to know who we are. Therefore, when we make a mistake, when we fall short, we know that's just what we've done. That's not who we are. And then we get to come to our loving Heavenly Father and say, Daddy, help. And he does. And he works on us from the inside out. So now we're looking more like him. We're behaving more like him. And we're bearing the fruit that other people can see and say, hey, I want some of that too. This is life eternal. This is life. And we get to enjoy him. We get to enjoy him. Do you know when we come and we say we messed up, he's not there. Mm -hmm. Well, how many lashes do you get this time? Or what should, no, 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 no. He's so ready, so ready to help us. He's so ready to help us. But let me get to my point, talking about Jesus <laughs> and the same relationship he had with the father. Okay, so let's go down to verse four now. He says, I have glorified thee here on earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. In other words, I did everything you told me to do. I've glorified you here on the earth. I've made you known here on the earth. Verse five, and now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Take me back. Let me come back up there with you before all this even happened, before I had to come down here and go through all this, when it was just you and me enjoying each other, loving on each other, and everything was copacetic. Everything was a-okay. Everything glorify me back to that. And that's the same glory that Jesus came to give us. That's the same relationship that Jesus came to, gave, to give us, that we would have that relationship before this fallen world happened, mm -hmm. before this fallen earth happened, that it's just, everything is just. Hallelujah. That's the relationship he wants us to have. And we can experience that here on earth when we get to know him and we get to know who we are in him. And we get to know who we are to him. And then we get to know who we are through him. And then we get to allow him to be him through us here in the earth. That is life eternal. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So you said a lot. So, But, but let me just kind of sink into, I, I tell you what, let me do this. In the first chapter, part one, it says salvation versus religion. I'm going to read um, just a snippet, the first paragraph, and then I'm going to reference it to Matthew 11, verses 25 to 30. Um, again, everything that we're talking about is scriptural. Even if we are not um, at some point giving you scripture, but we have and we will because we're scripture based. We believe in the Bible. We believe in Jesus, which is the word. As I spoke of earlier, Jesus is the word. You have to become a lover of the word, which is a love of Jesus. Um, and again, he draws you with his loving kindness. Um, Jesus is not um, a taskmaster. Jesus is not a tyrant. Jesus is not um, a bully. He is a loving God. And as she read in uh, John 3, 16, that God gave his only begotten son. Why? Because he loves us. The penalty for sin is execution. It's death. 
no relationship with Christ, that we would just wander. And then once this life was over, we would not, we would go to hell or we would not, it's execution, no life after death, no eternity. Well, go ahead. Okay. Um, no eternity with God. Right. Because you know what? Right. This is, this is the thing. A lot of people think that death means to cease to exist. Absolutely. Thank you. Make it plain. Okay. But this kind of death that we're talking about, this is spiritual death. This is being separated from God. This execution that she's talking about is being eternally separated from God. No chance to get in after that. That's what the no life after death means. There is no chance to say, oh yes, Jesus, I make you my Lord. Oh, it's too late. If you're on earth, then you cannot do it once um, your life after this earth begins, once your existence after this earth begins. Death does not mean to cease to exist. Death means to be eternally separated from God. And so if while you are living and breathing, I'm not even going to say living, while you are existing and breathing on this earth, if you have not received Jesus as your Savior and made him your Lord, we could even narrow that down to say, if you have not made him your Lord, because when you make him your Lord, he becomes your Savior. So if during your existence on this earth, while you are breathing, you have not made Jesus your Lord, and you and your, your, your body is done, your spirit is still living. It's still existing. It's just going to exist eternally apart from God. No way to get in. No way to come back to him. Absolutely. And a lot of people believe that when you die, that you just go to sleep and you, there's just nothing. It's oblivion. That there's no hell, that there's no eternal separation. And the truth is, we read that from the very beginning, God made that statement plain and clear. When he talked to Adam, he said, the day you eat from the, that one tree, the truth of the tree of um, good and knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. Of course, they ate, but they did not physically die. What happened was the relationship from Christ, uh, from God, was um, annulled. It was separated. That's why they had to come out of the Garden of Eden, because he said, now the man and woman cannot be here unless they live forever in the state that they were in, right? Right, because if they stayed in the garden, they might then eat from the tree of life. And then if they ate from the tree of life, then they would remain forever in this fallen state. Absolutely. So he took them out of the garden so they wouldn't eat from the tree of life. So Jesus could come and restore us back. Absolutely, because that's in Genesis 3, where he says, uh, Satan, <laughs> her seed, the woman's seed, will crush your head and you will strike his feet. See, so this is scripture. This is what, this is what we're talking about. And you have to get an understanding of this. Because from the very beginning, this was already stated and examined. And that's why we're talking about it, so that we can examine what this eternity is. What this redeemed, what this, uh, what Jesus did for us, he redeemed us from the death penalty. Amen. That's why the word of God says that we now have access, that we can boldly go to the throne of grace. 
because Jesus, his body literally was the curtain that was torn that allowed us access. But let me, before I start to move off, I want to get back to um, salvation versus religion. And I want to read that first paragraph because what I, what the purpose of me saying that is that God is not loving God and learning of God and having a relationship with him is not burdensome. Kay said something in the beginning. She stated that she was, uh, she's always been in the word. She's always had a love of God. She always, it was never a task or a burden because she wanted to have that relationship with Christ. She never had a hard time hearing God. Uh, those things were not foreign to her. Um, and so it was not a burden. It didn't become a task. It didn't become fearful. Oh, if I don't do this, or if I don't pray like this, God is not going to bless me. And when things do happen or go wrong, God is um, punishing me because I didn't pray uh, the whole 20 minutes. <laughs> the whole 20 minutes that I was supposed to, I stopped. No, that's not what God is. And so let me just read this paragraph. It says, Part one, uh, this is page one, salvation versus religion. It says, religion has painted the picture of people having to follow a bunch of rules and go through a bunch of changes to get right. That's in parentheses. Before they can experience the goodness of the Lord. This inaccurate portrayal has resulted in people trying to achieve salvation in their own strength. This is that burden. This is the thought that God is a taskmaker that you must do something, that you must put the effort, that you are the one that's responsible. No. Not even understanding what salvation is. They think salvation is about acting right or being a good person. Therefore, they become discouraged when they fall short and they begin to doubt their salvation. See, this Right out the bat, that's where she starts. Showing you that the relationship is not on you. It is not on you. It is not, I'm, I'm going to say that again. It is not, it does not depend upon you. Living right, being right, doing right. Because that's a burden. That is religion. That's you trying to carry something that's too heavy. Jesus has done that already. Jesus has done that already. So let me read the scripture that the Lord has given me that just kind of um, that establishes or gives the foundation. Um, we've gone through a lot of scripture and it doesn't matter where we go in the word of God. Again, it's all Jesus. But I just want to read this scripture to you in Matthew 11, starting from verse 25. And this says, uh, of course, there is no um, sections in the actual Bible and in the, in the Torah or in uh, our understanding of how the Bible was written. But here it states that this is the invitation to come to Jesus. And verse 25 states, at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. Those are the ones who are looking to receive like a child. 
from their father. Even so, after, even so, for so it seemed good in your sight. After, um, all things have been delivered to me by my father, and no one knows the son except the father, nor does anyone know the father except the son, and the one to whom the son wills to reveal him. 28, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly. In what? In heart. And you will find what? Rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So I, many of you may have heard this, um, this uh, comparison, but I, I want to just kind of give it to you again. When he's talking about the yoke, uh, and he was speaking to the, the Israelites, they understood what he was talking about because a yoke is where an oxen, the grown mature oxen, has the wooden um, yoke around his neck. And then he takes the younger oxen where he's training and teaching him how to plow the field. And he puts it around his neck. The older and mature oxen is teaching so he is taking the burden of the of the um the load and all the younger oxen has to do is continue to follow and to learn the burden is not heavy and so once you begin to learn and understand who jesus is why because he says i bring rest for the soul he says I am gentle and lowly of heart. God has a heart for you. The, it doesn't matter where you are. I will pick you up. I will show you what is in store for you. I will teach you. I will show you who you are. You will never do it. You will never go it alone. I will give you rest because you will not have to carry the burden or the stigma of being in a, one, uh, a, one, a single family household of being in a household that you grew up with drugs, that being in a household where your father was an alcoholic, or being in the household where there was, you took care of your brothers and sisters. You don't have to carry that load anymore. You don't have to deal with the stigma. You don't have to deal with the, the loathing or the taunts. Come into me. I will hide you. I will take you. I will lead you. I will give you the rest that you need. Why? Because I love you. Why? Because I want to reveal to you, as the scripture says, the father. Nobody knows my father. This is who he is. He loves us so much that he's sending me that you would make, that I would make a way for you to be in his presence so that you would know and break and shatter the very things that are on you that you are carrying. God wants to do this for you. Amen. Yes. Through you. Oof, girl. Here we go. You said so much. And I feel that sweet anointing of God's love. And I believe it is emanating 
through this screen in the name of Jesus. So I just declare he that hath ears, let him hear in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the work that you are doing even now. We thank you, Lord, for the shackles that are falling off of people even now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the revelation that we don't have to do it ourselves in the name of Jesus. Lord, that everything that we are struggling with, we can bring to you and you can teach us how to handle it, that you take the brunt of the load in the name of Jesus and you teach us how to walk like you glory to God and Jesus you said you are lowly and humble in heart you were fully dependent on the father when you were here on earth and that is how you are teaching us to live fully dependent of the father while we are here on earth and not only do we not have to deal with the stigma of having an alcoholic parent or being a single parent ourselves or having struggled with homosexuality or having dealt with serious debt or addictions but lord we don't even have to struggle with fixing ourselves glory to god that is why you are here to teach us who who we are and how to walk. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for deliverance right now. In the name of Jesus. Right now. I can I can see clearly now the rain is gone. That's happening for somebody. No more obstacles in my way. That's happening for somebody in the name of Jesus. So text us and let us know. Um, Post to True's page here. Um, um, contact us. Go to godslovesongministries.com. Click on the contact page. Let us know. Let us know. In Jesus' name, we'll be happy to pray for you. We'll be happy to follow up with you. We'll be happy to um, send you resources that will help you with what you're learning now, but receive it. Take it. Receive it. Take it. Receive it. Take it. It's all yours. He's giving it to you freely right now. In the name of Jesus, this is his love. This is his love pouring out on you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. And so we just, you know, I'm excited about what God is doing. Um, I thank you, Lord, for uh, Prophetess Kay and the things that you've poured into her. And I thank you for the opportunity that we're able to pour out to those who are listening, those who are searching for you. Um, We really do want to hear from you. We do. We are here to mentor. We are here. Um, God's Love Song is a ministry of teaching. So we are here to help you get to the place that you need to be. We are not doing this just so that we can be on Facebook or that, like uh, Prophetess Kay said, to sell a book. That's not what we're doing this for. We want you to have a relationship with Christ. We want those who have been uh, in the church for years and they've gotten tired of the hooping and the hollering and they don't have a chance to get uh, in a place where there is teaching and there is growth. We want to be able 
to help you get to that place, to the next level, to cross over. We want you to shed the old wineskin, get the new wineskin so that this new wine can be poured out and it can be lasting. We want you to go from grace to grace to glory to glory. We want you to fight the good fight. We want you to put your hand to the plow and not turn back. We want you to be able to, as Kay said, depend upon Christ and Christ alone. That's one of the reasons why we have to understand the word of God and we have to recognize that we have a loving father who loves us, that has redeemed us, that our relationship with him is steadfast and immovable. We have to recognize that when we come up against obstacles, in reality, we come up against that invisible um, thought, that mentality of who we believe we are, believe that we, what we need to do to get what we need to be successful, to be prosperous, to be healthy, to be healed, to be whole, to forgive, to love, to laugh, we hit a wall that the enemy has literally built up at that state. You can't get past this. Oh yeah, I know you understand. I understand you got past the um, that other thing, but you're not going to get past this. But the Word of God says that if you have faith, that you can even tell this mountain to be removed. You can say, Lord. I don't want to be in this place anymore. I want to move to the next level. I want to know what that faith is, that faith where I speak something and it manifests that the word of God, I speak those things that are not as if they were. And I believe you and take you at your word so that when you speak something, I take that seed and it doesn't get caught up by the enemy and it doesn't get um, choked out by the things of this world. And it doesn't start to um, just vanish because I don't have the, the, the gumption or the, the heart to, to move past the things that are trying to keep me back. But I hold on to the word. I hold on to what I'm learning. I hold on to it until I see the blade break the earth. I see the manifestation of it. The hope that God has given me. I begin to walk that out by faith, knowing that God loves me and that he cannot lie. You. Your salvation is at hand. Eternity is now. You, if you, if eternity, do you understand what eternity is? <laughs> There's no end or beginning. So once you receive Christ as your savior, now he is Lord. He is showing you. He literally is saying, I'm going to take you by the hand if you allow me. And I'm going to show you. Yes. So, true. can we go back to uh, that statement in the book? Again, on page one, I'll read um, just the last part of that first paragraph of where it says, they, talking about people, think salvation is about acting right or being mm. a good person. Therefore, they become discouraged when they fall short and they begin to doubt their yes. salvation. Now, yes. And then you read um, Matthew chapter 11 and you, you went, you know, 
talked about the stigma, the loathing, the, all these things that come with whatever situation you've been through. And as you were saying that, the Lord showed me, you don't even have to deal with the burden of fixing yourself. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, that's why, and I'm going to go back to Matthew 11, um, but this time I'm going to read it out of the message. Okay. Okay. But verse 25, you know, in the King James, it said, thank you, Father, that, um, what do you say? Thank you, because you hid these things from the wise and the prudent, but you've re you revealed them unto the babes. He's saying, now listen to how he says it in the um, message. In the, in the message. He says, abruptly, Jesus broke into prayer. Just boom, prayer. Thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. You've concealed your ways from the sophisticates and the know-it-alls. In other words, the ones who think they can do it on their own. You've hidden your ways from them, but spelled them out clearly to ordinary people. Mm. Yes, Father, that's the way you like to work. Jesus resumed talking to the people, but now tenderly. The Father has given me all these things to do and say. This is a unique father-son operation coming out of the father and son intimacies and knowledge. Woo! Back to that glory Jesus yes. had with the father yes. before he came to earth. This is a father-son operation coming out of the father and son intimacies and knowledge. No one knows the son the way the father does, nor the father the way the son does. But I'm not keeping it to myself. I'm ready to go over it line by line with anyone willing to listen. And that's who beyond salvation was written for. Saved, unsaved, believed, unbeliever, anybody willing to listen. The disbeliever is the one who refuses to listen. But all others, willing to listen. And then here is that invitation. He says, are you tired? Worn out? Get this, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Mm -hmm. I won't mm -hmm. lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. This is salvation. Learning how to do it God's way. Jesus, what we're talking about, getting to know Jesus so we can get to know the Father, getting to know the Father so we can get to know ourselves, how we were created, how we were made to operate, how we were made to everything. And Jesus is right here saying, I'll show you how to do it. I'll show you line by line. Anyone willing to listen, I'll show you. Come to me, learn of me. I am meek, I'm gentle, and I am humble in heart. I live totally dependent on the Father, and I'm going to show you how to live totally dependent on the Father, too. This is eternal life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, you know, when you say that um, living totally dependent on the Father, that releases you from putting your trust or your your dependence upon others. Mm -hmm. It releases them from trying to fulfill any, unsatisfa any unsatisfaction or anything that has broken, that's broken in your life, anything. See, people cannot fulfill those things and people cannot restore. The only one who can do that is Jesus. 
That's why you have to be dependent upon him. That's why religion always lets us down because religion tells us that we have to do this. We have to take time to meditate. We have to take time to um, groom ourselves. We have to take time to uh, make ourselves look. And so we have, or we've just put on the shell of a person. We've put on a mask because we believe that this is what people want to see, what, what I need to be in order for people to accept me. I need to be in order for me not to feel the things that I do. That's why we run and chase after drugs and alcohol and sex and gambling and being in cliques and being in gangs and being the toughest and being the smartest and being the prettiest because we are looking to substitute the relationship and dependency upon our father God what a dependency upon ourselves, something that we've built. Something that yeah, we have it, created. Yes. And I believe it's because, you know, I, I don't, I believe it's because we don't know who we are. And it's like the scripture said, no one knows the son, but the father, no one knows the father but the son and that's the thing. nobody knows you but the father you don't even know you but the father that's this why it's true for you to go to him and let him teach you who you are let him teach you what you have let him teach you what you can do get your identity from him see this was the big thing with adam eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Before Adam and Eve ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? The only influence they had was from God. The only thing they knew was from God. The only thing they knew was what God told them. But now they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so now, and, and I, Bill Winston, Dr. Bill Winston says it this way, they fell from revelation to information. And that's the same distinction Jesus made here in, in Matthew 11. He said, thank you, Father, for keeping it from the sophisticates, from the know-it-all, from the wise, from the prudent, those who have all that information. But you've given it to ordinary people. You've given it to babes, those who will freely receive revelation from me. In other words, those who will eat from the tree of life, those who will get all of their influence from me, all of their influence from you, so that these outside influences have no bearing. When Adam and Eve ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, suddenly they were aware that they were naked. Suddenly they were aware of something that God never told them because they got this from an outside influence. And that's why we put on the masks. That's why we try to get our fulfillments from the bottle or from the drugs or from these people or those people and why we make other people responsible for making us happy and why we hold ourselves accountable for having to, to, to keep all the rules and, 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 and cross every T and dot every I and still end up unfulfilled and, following to, and falling to lower and lower depths. But when we come to realize that nobody knows me like God the Father, so let me get to know him so he can tell me who I am and I'll know how to live the life that I'm supposed mm -hmm. to live. Now, I, I've heard 
both uh, True and myself say it a few different ways here today. So I just want to clear something up. Um, the difference between salvation and religion. Okay. Religion tells us we have to cross every T. We have to dot every I. We have to follow every rule. We have to get everything right. And then you've heard us talk on the salvation side that, um, you know, we'll live right, we'll be right. But these things are because God has done the work in us. We hold, when we hold ourselves accountable for it and we think we can do it, that's religion. But when we trust on God, when we put our dependence on God to work it in us, then that's relationship. The only effort that we have to make in salvation is putting the word in, drawing close to him. It's not, I have to read my Bible. I have to go to church. I have to pray. I have to fast. It's, I want to. Or if it is, I have to do it. It's, I have to do it because I can't afford not to. I need to know how to live. I need to know how to, if I don't hear from God, I don't know what to do. And then the result of putting the word in and letting God affect that change in our lives is that we will cross our T's and we will dot our I's because that is now the fruit that comes forth from letting God do the work in us. And just to add with that, um, as I said before, we work to create or to cover up in the Garden of Eden, um, after they ate, before they ate from the tree, the word of God states that they were naked and there was no shame. They were open. There was no pretense. They knew God as he was and he knew them as they were. When they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, their eyes were open. And one of the things that they tried to do, they hid, but what did they do? They sowed fig leaves. They tried to cover the mistake. They tried to cover the shame of not listen, of disobedience. They tried to cover up what they did or who they were. The that thing that they've done, that thing that they had become, that thing, the separation, they tried to cover it up. And then what did God do? What did God do? He killed an animal to cover them. He shed blood. See, everything starts from Genesis. If I had, um, that's what I love to do. I love to open up the word of God. But let me just say this to you. The first execution took place to give them the covering that they need. God covered them, shed blood, and then covered them. Because the thing that they tried, and catch this, fig leaves. I can go into this all, I can get into that, but I, I'm just trying to tell you that you do not it is not your responsibility. It is God's responsibility. It is the Father who He's the Son whom He sent 
in Isaiah 9, it says that the government is on his shoulder. What government? The kingdom of God. You have to know that you are a citizen. Eternity starts now here. Here's the, the right relationship that you have with Jesus and the Father. You do not... You can, it, and let me say this. This is what brought this um, uh, to mind. The Holy Spirit showed me that when we start to remove the mask, because it hurt them. Because it says that they sewed fig leaves and then they hid. They sewed fig leaves, then they hid. It is very difficult to remove. It hurts, actually. It's very painful because we are prideful in what we have done. We, I, I did this. I went to school. I learned this. I have the education. I have the degrees. I did this. I built this company. I did this. And all along, you're still empty. You're still broken. You don't know who you are. You aren't. Because so, when, when something doesn't go right, it just tears you apart. It takes you weeks, months, or whatever, even if, if you do recover. Because the false uh, uh, image that you have uh, created, the idol that you have created now has to come down, is, is being torn down. Because there's only one image, and that's the image of Christ. That's who you are. You are in the, made in the image of Christ. And as soon as you come to Jesus and you understand that he is Lord, he begins to remove those things. And we hold on to it because... I like how I look right now. I don't want to be vulnerable. I don't want to be like Adam and Eve in the garden before they ate from the tree and was naked and were vulnerable and depended upon you. Yeah. But God says that if you would come to me, I would bring you to the place. I will, if, yes, you will be broken. Yes, it's going to hurt. But the joy that you will receive from knowing who you are and walking upright with me will replace any illusion and any idol that you have set up because you will see the real you. You will know who you are. You will rejoice in that. The word of God says they overcame by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony quick testimony i was a drug addict i was in a lesbian relationship i was going crazy i was uh diagnosed with schizophrenia god broke me from broke those chains off of me broke everything i had to i had to depend upon him i had to trust him to get off drugs, I had to, and I knew who God, uh, Jesus, God was. I didn't know Jesus until he showed me who he was. And I had to make the decision. And I, and I remember the words that I said, and I remember what I did. I said, God, I know that you can do what you say you can do. And so I took every bit of paraphernalia, every bit of drugs that I, I had drugs. And some people don't do this, but I did. I took everything, and I took it to the garbage can, and I dropped it. And when I heard that thump, I knew. There was nothing in the bottom of that garbage. I knew that that was the end. Never turned back. It is a journey, but I, and you can ask 
Prophetess Kay, I tell her all the time, because we still go through things. You don't just automatically go through stuff and then that's it. No, this is eternity. Eternity, is, there's no end. There's no beginning. You're going through these things. And I tell her all the time, I hate when God is either disciplining me, bringing something out, whatever it is that he's doing, uh, pruning me, whatever. It hurts. It's uncomfortable. But the fruit that comes from it. When I say, yes, Lord, go ahead and do what you need to do. Make me more like your son, Jesus. I want to look like you. You do what you want to do. And if I get uh, the notion to say, hold up, don't do it. Don't you listen to me. You do whatever you need to do. Because I do not want to stay in the place where you are not. When you move, I want to move. God loves you. God has a plan for your life. And you understanding salvation and redefining eternity as you know it is foundational to everything that you want to do. And true, it looks like we're, that is such a blessing. And thank you for sharing your testimony. It looks like um, our time is almost up. But before okay. we do, I want to take us to Hebrews chapter 12. And I want to start at verse 11. This is what you're talking about, because I don't want to... <laughs> the people you were talking about chastening and then you're talking about this is eternity it goes on the chastening oh. <laughs> come back thank you <laughs> but what she said is so true what she said it doesn't and the bible says it hebrews 12 verse 11 in the king james version i'll start there but it says now no chastening which is what pastor true is talking about that discipline that correction, no chastening or chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. <laughs> Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. In other words, those who do what Pastor True said, yes, Lord, have your way, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. I want to look like Jesus. I want to look like you. I want you to have your way in me you are exercised thereby when you allow it to do what it's intended to do then you will bear that peaceable fruit of righteousness god's way of doing and being right righteousness being in right standing with god but even when he chastens you you are in right standing with him why because he chastens those he loves because he chastens us as sons as sons and that word sons so hopefully okay so john chapter 1 verse 12 where it says as many as believed him to them gave he the power to become the sons of god that word sons means those who are totally dependent on him that's the same thing we've been talking about all this broadcast being totally dependent on God. And as painful as that chastening is, let me tell you, 
the more willing you are to just let him have his way, the easier it goes. Really. Amen. God says, I am pure to those who show themselves pure. I am forward to those who show themselves forward. So the more resistance you put up, the more pressure he's going to have to apply. So the more you yield yourself to his correction, the easier it will be. And then we'll come back to Matthew chapter 11, where Jesus said in verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. Verse 30 says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In the Amplified Classic, that verse 30 says, for my yoke is wholesome, useful, good, not harsh, hard, sharp, or pressing, but comfortable, gracious, and pleasant. And my burden is light and easy to be borne. So if what you're doing isn't easy, and it's a whole lot of work, and there's a lot of stress and strain and a lot of chastisement involved, you might want to check your lordship. Because if Jesus is your Lord, then you will do what he says, and you will experience the wholesomeness of his yoke. You will experience the lightness and the easiness of his burden. Amen. Amen. And before we close, because I'm going to ask you uh, to do a salvation call, but before you do that, I'm just going to read this last uh, chapter, uh, Word of God from Ecclesiastics, chapter 3. And I'm just going to read, I, I want to highlight the word eternity, but I'm going to read from verse 9 to verse 13. And this is from the King, New King James Version. And with that, we'll go into the um, invitation for salvation. So it says in Ecclesiastics 3, verse 9 to 13, it says, What profit has the worker from that in which he labors? I have seen the God-given task with which the sons of men are to be occupied. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts. Except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. I know that nothing is better for them than to rejoice and to do good in their lives. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so, go ahead. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you want to experience this, <laughs> you, will you please read that last verse again, True, Verse 13, the gift of God. So it says, and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. Amen. Amen. Salvation is not about being a hard life, being a strict life. As a matter of fact, um, you know, when there's a section in the beginning of the book that's called um, To Whom 
Lord, what do you say? To whom it is? To whom it may be concerned. Concern. To whom it may concern. And it says, do you or anybody you know um, think you're experiencing as much of God as there is to experience? And then it says, do you think God is some big, impersonal, out there God? Do you think serving God is too hard or, and no fun? Or do you think you have to give up too much to serve God? If you think that, then this book concerns you. If you think that, then this book concerns you. Glory to God. The labor to enjoy, that is the gift of God. And we get to do that when we are doing our God-ordained tasks, which we learn of when we learn about him and we learn how he wants to take care of us. And you know what? Seeing that he is our creator and he is um, the one who knit us together in our mother's womb. Do you know that if we were to be like on a store shelf, if we were to be a toy like Barbie or kid or something like that, that it would not say parts sold separately. You know, you've got to buy Barbie, you've got to buy her car, you've got to buy her house, you've got to buy her kin, you've got to buy her, all of that. Mm -mm. But when he puts us on the shelf, everything is all inclusive. Everything, Amen. the Bible says that he has given us everything, yes, that all yes. things that pertain to life and godliness, everything that we would ever need, he has already provided. And really it is already a part of us. And if we aren't experiencing that, then we aren't experiencing salvation. That's just the beginning. And we're here to you talking about beyond salvation, redefining eternity as you know it. Eternity is now. I want to invite you. I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care how long you've been going to church. I don't care how long you've been in the ministry. I don't care how out in the world you are. I don't care what kind of stuff you're dabbling in. I don't care how low you think you are. If you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life today, woo, this is your chance. Your eternity start, your eternity going in the right direction starts now. Glory to God. So if that is you, I want you to say these words after me. Jesus. Be my Lord. I make you the Lord of my life. I want to learn to walk like you, to talk like you, to live like you, to be like you. And if you teach me, I will be taught. I will do what you say. I thank you for the gift of salvation. And I receive it now in Jesus' name. And I thank you. I'm th and you know what? So, yes, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. But there's more. There's more. Because there's also a power that comes with this life. The power that enables you to live the life the way it was meant to be intended. And, or the way it was meant to be lived, excuse me. And that is called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you just made Jesus your Lord, Holy Spirit came and he's inside of you right now. But now what you're about to do, if you choose to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, is you're about to give him permission to teach you, 
You're about to give him permission to lead you. You're about to give him permission to guide you. And you're about to give him permission to, to empower you, to, to, to unleash his power within you to do the things that God has for you to do in the earth. That is how you will get to um, enjoy the good of all your labor, to experience the gift of God. Amen. And this power to live this life, it comes with a special language. It's your heavenly language. The devil can't understand this language. You speak in this, it, it cannot be, it, it is encrypted, it's not encrypted, whatever. The devil can't hack it, okay? <laughs> it's a heavenly language. And your, your natural mind does not even understand it because it is the perfect language from your spirit to God's spirit. But if you ask God to give you interpretation of it, He'll tell you what it means. Oh my goodness. Come on, you guys. Are you starting to feel like a superhero already? Yes. So if you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, just say this. It only takes the same faith it took to make Jesus your Lord. Yes. So just say this. Um, Come on. Lord, thank you for the Holy Spirit. I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit right now with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I thank you that I am a package where everything is already included. And with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, now I have the batteries so that I can be who you created me to be. Whoo, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I have to thank him. That was hot off the press, y'all. I hadn't heard that before. Praise the Lord. Thank you for this power. <laughs> to live the life that you created me to live. And I receive my heavenly prayer language. I receive my heavenly praise language. And I give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Thank you, Lord. Exercise your faith right now. Speaking in tongues, it's a little different. Just open your mouth. You are the one who speaks. Holy Spirit gives you the utterance. He gives you what to say, but he needs your mouth, your tongue, your voice. That means you've got to do it. So just very briefly, just for a moment, even if it sounds crazy, that's good, okay? Just say what you hear. Just allow your mouth to move. It might start out as a syllable. It might start out as a word. It might start out as a phrase. It might even repeat. But just say it. Glory to God. Glory to God. I believe that you will grow in that. I believe that you will grow in that and you will see a difference in your life in Jesus' name. And so if you have received Jesus Christ, True, can I have permission to share the screen while we finish out talking? Um, if you have received, if you have made Jesus your Lord and you have um, received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then I would like for you to contact us at True Free Love Ministries with Pastor True, or you may contact me at Discipleship Way and Prophetess K. Um, but contact us. There are, um, if you go to Discipleship way or God's Love Song Ministries, you can um, use a contact form. And then you have our emails. I'm k at discipleshipway.com. Pastor True is truefreeloveministries at gmail.com. 
Amen. So I'll keep that up for a moment, too, if you'd like to say something. Okay. Well, we are, we've come to the end of our program, our Facebook Live. I hope that you enjoyed um, our topic and our, our little conversation. I pray that God has touched your heart. I pray that your mind has been awakened, that you are now beginning to understand um, what salvation and eternity looks like here on earth. And I, I'm, going to, I'm going to ask you just like um, Prophetess Kay did, reach out to us, let us know that you've received Christ, or if you didn't have the whole baptism of the Holy Spirit, that you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you need encouragement, if you need mentorship, if you need um, someone to be accountable to, give us, reach out to us. That's what we're here for. We're here to help you get on your feet so that you can run this race and that you can run it in a manner that you will win the crown that belongs to you. So without any other further ado, we're going to say goodbye until next time, but I'm going to pray. Okay. Sorry, sorry. Just a little bit further ado. Um, in the event that they want to purchase the book, I'm just going to put this up on the screen while you pray us out, okay? So we've got Beyond Salvation. It is available for purchase at um, Barnes & Noble. Here's the link. And also at Amazon. Here's the link. You might prefer Barnes & Noble because their prices don't change. Amazon's prices change from time to time. So, um, but there are the links. Thank you, True. I'm sorry. No problem. All right. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for our time together. We thank you that you were present not only with us, but present with each and every person that um, viewed this Facebook Live, that you are present with them in their household, in their hearts, and in their minds. And we just ask that you would cover them, Father God, in the blood of Jesus. We just lift them up to you. We lift up each and every person that was live with us and those who will see it at a future time. We ask that as we close, Father God, we just, Father God, continue to move with you. I ask that you would continually bless us, keep us, and provide for us. And until next time, Lord, we give you glory and we give you honor. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 To God be the glory, you guys. Amen. I that you were blessed. And I just thank God for what he has done in each of your lives. And I know that he who has begun a good work in you I'll continue to perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Glory yes. to God. All right, you guys. We are back the third Saturday of every month. Look for our Facebook page. Um, uh, what is it called? Facebook the announcements. The announcements on Facebook. Yeah. Okay. And um, again, please reach out to us. Let us know that you are enjoying yourself and let us know if we can, whatever we can do to encourage you in this walk. We love you and God bless you.